So tonight I want to start with a question, guys. A question that I think all of us in this room have thought about at one point in our lives, whether you realize it or not. And if you haven't asked this question yet, I think one day you will ask this question. And that's why it's so important that we talk about this tonight. Because when this question comes up, I want you guys to be able to answer it correctly. Because I think there are far too many people who answer this question wrong when it comes up in their life. And here's the question. What is my worth? I think we all ask ourselves that question at one point in our lives. And maybe, you're, maybe it doesn't exactly look like that for you. Maybe you worded it a little bit differently. Maybe the way you worded it is, what is my purpose? Do I even have a purpose in this life? Am, am I valuable to anybody? Do I have meaning? Or am I just a failure? See, guys, I think that at one point in our lives, we all face this question. And it's something we need to answer. So my prayer tonight is that by the end of this message, we would all be able to answer this question correctly tonight. That as we look at scripture and as I'm able to talk to you guys, that if you haven't already come up with this question, that you would see the right answer tonight. Because I do think think that there are two sides to it tonight. There is one side of you, and you guys are all standing on this side, and you would say, you know, Joe, I, I feel like I have no worth. I feel like I'm not good at anything. I feel like I have no purpose in this life. And see, guys, this view is wrong. And then there's the second view, and the second view is totally on the completely opposite side. And this is the view that some of you hold, that you think that you are much more worthy than what you really are. You think because of the gifts that God has placed inside of you that you are God, that everyone should bow to you. And so there's two extremes tonight. So my hope tonight is to pull us all in together because I've thought in both extremes before in my life. And my hope tonight is to show you where your real worth is and where your real value is. But before we go any deeper, I want to read to you guys a letter that I got. And uh, I got this letter in high school And uh, it's probably one of the best letters that anyone has ever written to me. It was in my health class, and the assignment was to write a letter of encouragement to someone in the class, and the teacher assigned us um, partners. And I got partnered with one of my uh, really, really funny friends. He was an exchange student. He was from Korea, and he was one of the funniest kids, but he was kind of shy. And uh, no one really knew his personality that well, but I knew him really well because I had a study hall with him. And we used to talk all the time. And you're going to see a little bit of what our relationship looked like in this letter. But what many people didn't know about him is that he was really, really funny. And he used to make me laugh all the time. But what he didn't know about this letter is that he was going to read it, have to read it in front of the whole class. The teacher didn't tell us about that. And so he had to read this letter in front of everyone in the entire class. And I'm, I just can't even wait to read this to you guys. Because when he read it to us that day in class, it was one of the funniest days ever. So this is what it says. Dear Joey, what's up, dude? We have known each other for three years. You are a funny and evil friend. <laughs> when I came to school first, you made me fun of a lot. 
And the only thing I could say was, I will kill you. And he, if you guys have ever heard me say that before, I got it from this kid. And so I, need, I guess I'll pause there for a second. Something you guys need to know about me is, I promise that this is true, and I, I, I try to tell people this, people this all the time, is that my love language, you know how like, there's different love languages, how you express it to people? I think mine is teasing. Like if I tease you, that's how you know I really love you. So that's how this kid ended up viewing me. So we'll pick it up from where I left. Next, he says, the best thing you have ever done is become my friend. If you didn't, I may feed lion with your entire body. <laughs> and so my, this is right when my teacher gives him a dirty look. <laughs> Sometimes you and Casey are being dumb butts in the class. But I like your psychoactivity. <laughs> because that makes me laugh a lot. <laughs> Although you look like a monkey... <laughs> You are such a great, and I, I, I'm going to have to bleep out this word. This is going to be a bleep right here. I'm going to change it to um, Mac Daddy. We'll say that. Mac, we'll say Mac Daddy. So you are such a great Mac Daddy. I hope you are dumped. Wait, just give, just give me a second. I hope you are dumped by her because she is pure and elegant, as different as you. He's talking about Jessica right now. This is just when, this is when me and Jessica just started dating. <laughs> oh, man. If he knew that I was doing this right now, he'd be horrified. I'm totally kidding. You are gorgeous, friend. I love you too. From a super Korean who will take over the world under King Jong-il. Your friend, Freddie. <laughs> so it was so funny. Oh, you're clapping for Freddie? That's so nice. It was so funny when he actually had to get in front of the class and say that. Oh my gosh. Because he was really shy. And so this was like a moment for him to show his personality a little bit. And while that, that letter is really funny, it shows a little bit of my personality, of what I was really like in high school, and that is something that I found my worth in. I found my worth in my personality and how I could make people laugh, and I, you know, that was something that God has gifted me with and how I could just go into a classroom and say something like that, and I found my worth in that, and you know, there were times when I stood at both extremes because of this. There were times when I just thought I was the man, that no one was cooler than me because I, I could do this. I thought that this was just an amazing gift, and I thought it made me better than everyone else, and I valued that way too much. And then there's the other extreme, and you know what? That same gift made me feel at different times like I was at this extreme. It made me feel worthless sometimes because I thought that's all I had to offer people, and that was such a discouragement to me, guys. See, I, I think in high school, a lot of value gets put on you by how well you do in it. And I didn't really have a drive to do it. If you guys have heard me say that before, that was never really my thing. I, I struggled in math. I, I wasn't too good at it. And because of that, I let the enemy come into my life. And he whispered a lot of lies to me, guys. And you know what? I did spend some time at that extreme, at the feeling like I was so much worthy than I really was, but I spent way more time here because I found my worth in all the wrong things, guys. And that was a spot for the enemy to creep in. And he told me, Joey, you will never amount to anything. You're worthless. This talent will run up. Because even though we have these talents, don't they fail us sometimes? Even though we're really good at something, there's times when it falls apart when we say a joke and it's not funny or we do something and it doesn't work out the right way. Man, and the enemy would come in and he would lie to me in those moments. And guys, it caused a lot of pain in my life because I was finding my worth 
in the wrong areas. I, I even remember this so perfectly. There were times when I would sit in chapel and one of the gifts that God has given me is that I, I can just be sitting listening to a speaker and it's like God is just downloading stuff into my mind, like messages, just like that. It's something I can't explain. It's something that's so much deeper to me. And that started with me at a young age when I was like in eighth, ninth grade. God would just download things in my mind and there would be a burning in my heart to say them and preach them. But they would come in to my heart in chapel and then the enemy would be there right behind them. And he would say, Joey, you will never stand on the stage. You are way too dumb to do that. You aren't smart enough. You aren't worth it. No one will ever give you that opportunity and chance. Everything you're hearing is not important. And so, guys, I pushed out for so many years, so many things God was trying to do inside of me because I let the enemy come into my life and tell me these lies. And the reason I'm saying all this tonight is because I know for a fact that he is telling some of you guys those same very lies tonight with your gifts and where you, where you are finding your worth. He's telling some of you that you have no talent, that you have no purpose in this life, that you are completely worthless. And the sad part about that is some of you guys are buying into that lie, just like I bought into that lie. And it breaks my heart tonight. Can, can I, I mean that so much, because that, that, that truly breaks my heart as I stand on this stage tonight, and as I look into your eyes, that some of you guys are buying into that lie that you are worthless. Because I see so much potential when I look at so many of you. And I would hate for any of you to settle for anything less than what God has for you. See, that's exactly what this does. It causes us to settle when we hear this lie. And I would hate for any of that to happen to you. Because I see so many gifts and I see so many talents in this room right now. And I hate that the devil is whispering this lie to so many of you. As you guys know, I'm a really, really big fan of C.S. Lewis, and I'm attempting something, and it might fail really hard tonight, but I'm going to try it anyway. C.S. Lewis wrote a book called The Screwtape Letters, and I'm going to do a little bit of my own twist on it tonight. I'm going to share with you what I think the devil has to say about this and what he tells all the other demons when it comes to this and how they should tempt them. And so this is going to be coming from a head demon talking to a lower demon in training. And this is what I believe the enemy says when it comes to this in our lives. It is of, of utmost importance that you keep your current patient believing the lie he or she is worthless. Your fellow tempters will assist you with this as you assist them. You must pin them against each other. How cynical to use their own kind against them. Out of their own insecurities, they will tear down each other to make themselves feel some small glimpse of worth. It is a great diabolical method that brings great joy to our Father's heart, Satan. If that doesn't work, there is no need to fret. There are far many more tactics. They all make mistakes and their gifts fail them. Use their own minds against them. Keep them haunted by their shortcomings so it's all they can focus on. This will begin to blind them and no doubt lead them to depression. By these methods, thousands of humans have bought the lie. Beautiful women have believed themselves ugly and clever men have believed themselves fools. However, what I'm about to tell you, my dear nephew, must never be repeated. We all know it, but it must never be talked about, for it brings our Father much pain. I want to pause there. There's a little bit more to that. 
But I think that is exactly the heart of the devil. He will use anything he can to take away your worth. He will use the people around you. Isn't that so true, guys, that sometimes we tear down the people around us to make ourselves feel a little bit better? I know I've done that before. And now when I step back and I look at it, I see the enemy all behind it. Or that when we fall and we have shortcomings or we make mistakes, isn't it like the enemy repeats it to us over and over? It's like we can't escape it sometimes. Man, I know that this is something he's trying to use in your lives, guys. And it's something that I really want to break tonight by the power of God. And so tonight, there's a lot at stake. Because if you miss what we're talking about, you could miss out on knowing what your true value is. And you could miss out on some great things that God wants to do in your life. See, I can't let you guys settle tonight. I can't see this go on anymore. There was a guy in the Bible who settled this way. God had great plans for him, but he settled. And he ended up losing his calling in that specific area because he settled. And that was Moses. God told Moses, Moses, I want you to speak. I want you to be the vocal point of what I'm doing in Egypt. And he said, God, I can't do that. I have a stuttering problem. I can't go before people. They will never take me seriously. And God's like, I will be with you, Moses. I will help you every step of the way. But Moses said, no, God, I can't do it. And because of that, guys, Moses missed out. God would have used him in that way. But the anointing for the speaking went to his brother Aaron then. And I would hate to see the same thing happen to any of you tonight because the enemy's whispering the lie that you can't do it or you are not good enough. And so tonight we're going to look at a portion of scripture of someone who the people around him thought he was worthless, but God had a great plan for his life. And so we're going to look in the book of 1 Samuel tonight. And you guys can just read along on the screens with me. We'll start in verse 3. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Okay, so let me just give you guys some background on what's going on here in this verse. The current king of Israel is failing, and his name is Saul. God is telling him some very um, specific things for him to do, and he's not doing these things. And he is breaking God's commandments. And so God needs there to be a new king in Israel. And so God's going to anoint someone new to go in that place. And so now he sends Samuel to go anoint this person. Because that's what they did. The prophet would anoint someone that God has chosen to be the king. And so he goes to Bethlehem. And the people are really scared. Because whenever a prophet came to the town, it usually meant doom and destruction was coming. Because God was angry. And so that's why they ask, uh, do you come in peace? And so let's pick up in verse five now. Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, saw, I'm gonna butcher this name, saw Elab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands before the Lord. And so this is what happens. God said, send Samuel to this house. It's Jesse's house. And he lines up all his sons in front of Samuel. And Samuel is going to pray over all of them. And he's going to find the chosen one that God is calling to lead Israel. And so Samuel sees this first guy. And Samuel thinks to him, surely this is the one. And we're going to find out a little bit more in a second, but I want to talk about it right now. 
I think Samuel was looking at this first son and I'm sure he was, he was a big guy. He looked strong and he looked like a king. He looked like someone who was meant to lead Israel. See, that was very important to the people of Israel. That, that's why they chose Saul. He was tall, he was big. He looked like a king, he looked powerful. And then Samuel sees this guy and he goes, surely this will be the one. And let's see what God has to say about this. Verse seven, but the Lord said, said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his heart or his height, I'm sorry, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. See guys, this is the beginning of finding your worth. The world tells you your worth is based on the things you can do, based on your appearance, based on your strengths, based on how smart you are. That's how they'll define you. That's how they'll tell you you are worthy. But God says something completely different. Man looks at the outward appearance and the abilities, but God looks at your heart tonight. This is what God values. What's in here is so important to God. See, he loves you guys very much. And if you will just follow him and, and worship him and give him your life, man, you will start to see your worth in a whole different light. And that's what God says to Samuel, and I love that verse so much, that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at your heart tonight, guys. And that's where God begins to find your value. Let's go to the next verse. We're gonna be in verse eight now. I'm gonna butcher this name too. Then Jesse called Anbadab. Oh, I don't even know. And had him pass. Let's call him Bob. And had him pass in front of Samuel. <laughs> but Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by. But Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? Jesse replies, there is still the youngest. Jesse answered, he is tending to the sheep. So he goes in front of all the sons that Jesse brought before him, prays over each one, and God says, no, 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 no. And so now Samuel is confused. He's like, God, I thought you sent me here. I thought the king was gonna be here. And then he, and then he asked Jesse, you have to have more sons because God has sent me here for a reason. I know that this is where we're gonna find the anointing. This is where the chosen king is gonna be. And then Jesse says something. Yeah, I, I, I do have one more son. But he's just out with the sheep. He doesn't really matter. He's not worthy to be here. See, while Jesse doesn't say that, guys, it's what he implies. He didn't think his son was worthy enough to come before Samuel and be the king. He thought it would have been one of his other sons. In fact, if it, this is my interpretation, he probably thought it was gonna be the first son, just like Samuel did. But God said no to all the other sons. And so then they get this boy who's tending the sheeps to come. And see, he almost sends it in like a derogatory way. He's almost like, yeah, but he's just taking care of the sheep. He's not really that important. He's really not that worthy. He was doing a low job. But Samuel says, no, no, you need to bring him before me. So let's go to the next verse. And I really love Samuel's 
reply. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. And I love Samuel's tone right here because he's saying this. He says, how did you not invite him? Bring him. We're not going to do another thing until this last son is here. How could you forget about that son? Verse 12, so he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Kind of looked like me, I think. It's, it's actually pretty funny because one of the kids today just randomly walked up to me and was like, is your middle name David? And I was like, you have no idea what you are doing right now. So I won't say that person's name and embarrass them because they didn't know they were really calling me handsome because that'd be awkward. Um, <laughs> so this is what happens then. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David. See guys, everyone forgot about David. They thought he wasn't worthy enough to be there. But God looked at David's heart. God knew that there was something special about David. When everyone else would have chosen one of the other brothers, God chose David. Because God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. And guys, maybe there's some of you in this room tonight who your parents have said hurtful things to you. Maybe they said you're unworthy and kind of forgot about you like Jesse forgot about his son David. And here's what I want to say is that God values you so much. He cares about you guys so much and he looks at your heart today. And that's what really matters to him today is what's on the inside. It's so important that you get that tonight because I would hate for you guys to miss out See, David could have said, no, Samuel, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm just the boy who takes care of the sheep. I shouldn't be the king. But he doesn't do that, guys. He, he accepts this. He doesn't buy into the lie and get upset because his father didn't choose him. He accepts this. And he walks into this life, into this calling that God has for him. And I want you guys to do the same thing. When God calls you some, to something, know that he's placed the gifts inside of you to do it that he has something for all of you. Don't let the enemy whisper that lie to you guys anymore. And the reason why, guys, we want to be worth something, the reason why we fight for this so much in our lives is because we want to be valued by someone. And there is no one, and there is no one who values you more than God. He valued you enough to send his only son for you, to die on a cross for you, to take your sins. That's how much God values you today. That's how much God cares about you today, that he would do that for you. And I'm sure there's some of you in this room who are still struggling with this tonight. You still feel unworthy, like you shouldn't be accepted by God, like you don't deserve his love that you feel like you are just nothing more than a failure. Well, there's a couple more verses I want to read to you guys tonight that has to say something to you guys tonight that is so, so important. So if you guys can just go with me right now into Psalm 139, verse 14. This is what it says. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Some of you guys need to know tonight that you are wonderfully made, that God has put you together in a, in a certain way for a reason and for a purpose, that you aren't a mistake. God doesn't make bad things, guys. He doesn't do that. That's not what our God does. He does everything for a reason and for a purpose. And this is a promise to all of you guys that you all are wonderfully made. Some of you really need to hear that tonight, that God thinks that of you, that you are wonderfully made. Next verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. And we've said this verse many a time, but I think it's important for some of you to hear tonight. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Some of you guys need to hear that tonight. Some of you guys need to hear that God has a purpose for your future. Your gifts and your talents are for a reason, that you're not a waste of life, that God thinks you're worthy. See, while David didn't maybe have all the talents of his brother, he had different talents inside of him, different things that God placed inside of him, things that would enable him to become king one day. See, we all have different gifts and talents. And just because they might not be to the world standards of what are good in talents, don't let that stop you because God has given you specific things for you and they're for your future. They're for good things in your future and for a hope, guys. So I want you guys to know these things tonight, that none of you are broken, that none of you guys are failures God wants you guys to know that so much tonight. That he values you so much. You know, earlier we started with that screw tape little letter and, and I kind of want to go back to it and read to you guys what I wrote at the end of it. However, what I'm about to tell you, my dear nephew, must never be repeated. We all know it, but it must never be talked about for it brings our Father much pain. While the humans have all have shortcomings and are imperfect, he places inside of them gifts and talents unique to themselves. This is also a way to lead them to destruction by making them so focused on these talents. Let some of them find their worth in this because this too will fail them. What we can't allow is for them to find their worth in what the enemy thinks of them. He truly values them. We must minimize his opinion of them in their minds so that they care more about the opinion of their equals instead of their creator. What a foolish race humans are. Sincerely, your affectionate uncle, Screwtape. See guys, I think there it is right there. Here, here's a big problem in a lot of our lives. We care more what people think about us than what God thinks about us. How silly is that when you really think about that? I want you guys really just to let that just go into your head for a second. We care more what people think about us than what God thinks about us and what God says about us. See, as long as you have that attitude, your worth will, you'll never feel like you're worthy. How silly is that? That we value created things above the creator. See, God says that you are wonderfully made and that he has a plan 
and a purpose for you and that he loves you and nothing can separate you from his love. That's what God thinks about you guys tonight. And he looks at your heart tonight and the specific talents and gifts he's given you. Find your worth in those things, guys. Find it in them. Stop looking to people to find your worth. Look to God to find your worth tonight. And so here's what I want you guys to walk away with. Here's what I want you guys to know. You are worth more to Jesus than you will ever understand. He values you so much. And he sees so much potential in this room. And I see the same potential. I see people that could do great things. And I know you guys will. So I pray you wouldn't settle and buy into the lie of the enemy anymore that you're worthless when God deems you worthy. Let's pray. God, I thank you tonight for your great love, God. Your love that covers us. God, that we find our worth in you, not in our talents, not in our abilities, not what we have to offer, but what you think of us, about what you have to say about us. I pray, God, tonight for anyone who feels worthless, anyone who feels like they have no purpose, God, anyone who feels like they have no gifts or no talents, God, that you would reveal to them that that is such a lie and you would break that in their life tonight, God. And I pray for anyone, God, who, who is finding their worth in their gifts instead of you tonight, God, that, God, that you would save them from that road and, and the pain that leads to tonight, God. That we would truly find ourselves in you tonight, God, and what you have to say about us. We are so thankful tonight, God, that you value us, a broken people, Lord God. Thank you for all the great promises you have for us tonight, God. I pray, God, that no one would settle in their lives for anything less than the full potential you've called them to, God. So I thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.